Welcome back to another episode of Recap, a podcast where we talk about the latest news featured on our social media pages. This is uh, part of the news that matters most to our voters, and we encourage legislators to not only listen, but also to act on what they hear. Uh, I'm your host, Joshua Hyde, and with me, as always, is our, uh, our analyst, Alex Crohannon, our writer, Anthony Arnold, and of course, uh, the queen of podcasts herself, Francine Dash. How are you guys today? Doing well. Yeah, doing well. Good, good. So today is a bit different. Um, normally, I'd want to go ahead and, uh, you know, recap some of the events that happened uh, on our Facebook page. But they, these, a couple of very specific recent events in America have kind of become an elephant in the room. I feel like we can't not discuss these things. And given the brevity of them, I wanted to go ahead and give them their own time because there's, there's no real way to fit a discussion about the things that we're going to bring up here uh, into another episode that we would normally produce here. And uh, I want to go ahead and start this to, to kind of brief everybody about what we're talking about here. There's been many different instances where people of color have been shot and killed or killed in some way. Um, in several situations where lots of people believe they shouldn't have. And I want to go ahead and kind of pick you guys' brain about these types of things, because while I do sit on one side, I know that there are two sides to every story. And I think it's very important that uh, we, we discuss these things. We, we can't, we, I, I feel like we're, we as a nation are no longer in a position where we can stop talking about them. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and start. Um, but first, before we get into that, to provide some context, I actually want to start with uh, some of the recent happenings in Michigan, because that they'll they'll tie into what we're getting into, and you'll you'll see why in a minute. So uh, for people who either may not be informed or may not necessarily understand what may be happening. Uh, can somebody go ahead and recap for me some recent events happening in Michigan? Yeah, so um, <clears throat> we've had uh, Michigan has seen a string of um, we will generously call them armed protesters um, uh, gather at their um, say gather at their city hall pro protesting. Um, the uh, the shelter and home order, um, uh, which was, was like, anyway, uh, so they um have come to their uh say to the the you know the Capitol building um, uh, say armed, let's say like open carrying um, let's say open carrying rifles and uh, say and other firearms, waving Confederate flags at um. And uh, at one point, I was like, and um, with signs um, suggesting violence, um, that as a, if this if this continues, and um, they have been lauded by a particular, say by a particular, um, typically Republican uh, politicians, including the president of the United States, calling them stand up people and freedom fighters instead of domestic terrorists 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think we're, for the most part, we're all kind of uh, together in how we, how we view that or how, how we view their response to that. Now, what I want to go ahead and talk about from there is uh, the response, especially the police response to everything happening and why or not. I mean, we, we, I feel like we all kind of know why, but like some of the reasons as to why uh, it seems to be different when protests are happening on one side, when we're, you know, when people of color, as an example, are protesting something. And then when we have people on the other side, these people who are traditionally white uh, protesting things like this in a much more militarized fashion. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, I, I just think that it's, it's concerning um, that we, there's, a, there's such a disparity between how the, how the police treats a gathering of, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it right out, a gathering of white people and uh, a gathering of black people, regardless of how they feel about the protest itself. So, um, so that's not the thing that really gr uh, grinds my gears. Um, it's that uh, black people, get, uh, say unarmed, uh, say black protesters are, you know, the um, subject of ridicule and derision and aggression from the police. Even um, I, our uh, local INP uh, has tear gassed civilians who are protesting over... Um, like completely unarmed, non-violent civilians um, over these, uh, like over the string of deaths in our local neighborhood. Um, but totally okay if fascists want to um, storm uh, Michigan's Capitol building and threaten them with imminent death and violence. But you know, those are those are those are two, two uh, very different groups and di different levels of um, aggression, right? Right. I mean, they should be. <laughs> I think they should be. So, uh, I, I have been kind of uncharacteristically quiet. I've noticed because <laughs> I I have a take here that is. I'm I'm halfway worried. It's it's too hot to actually unveil for people, <laughs> and I am trying my best not to uh, get any of us into trouble. Well, now I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, now you have to say something. So there are one of the reasons for the response is obviously the race. That's the obvious one, but also it's the fact that they're unarmed. So. The Black Panthers figured this out way back when. When you have guns in protest, you are safer than when you do not have guns. They were protesting and they were very controversial, but they also had guns. A, this is why point. we have guns laws that we do right now. It's, not, it's because they were afraid of the Panthers. That's why we got gun laws so much. Like when you look at when the NRA started to change their rhetoric, it was in response to the Panthers. That was the problem. They're like, oh, like the thing that the government is afraid of, there, there's a reason they don't shoot at armed protesters like what we saw in Michigan. There's a reason why when the Bundy Ranch had their standoff, they didn't shoot. 
no one wants there to be another Waco. They don't want there to be a situation where the government kills 100 people in a shootout. Like, they, they don't want that. If you are armed and protesting, I, even if you're black and armed, I, I actually think perversely you would be safer. Now, <laughs> the conclusion people might draw from this, which I am not going to actually enunciate, but you could, you could see where this is going. But it's what I actually think. It, this is the reason why partly my views on guns have sort of changed is because I actually go, well, actually, you, you should own guns and take those guns with you to protest. <laughs> Man, I, I think that, that that line of thought is actually pretty fair. Um, that, that wasn't even something I even gave thought to about relating it black to the Panthers and, and the fact that they had armed protests and so I, I, they were I famously well-armed <laughs> yeah yes uh so along similar lines um i would like to point out um so what's the difference between a um between an unarmed protest i say sorry a peaceful protest and a non-violent protest <laughs> So yeah. a non, let's say so a peaceful protest is effectively a list of um, is a list of victims. A nonviolent protest is only nonviolent because it has the propensity for violence. Right. Mm. Right. Interesting. Uh, so, I mean, <sighs> yes, and there is a tension between which one of those protest methods are more effective. And it's a tension that we we it don't... Predates, it predates the, uh, like, even the civil rights movement, yeah. right? Like MLK yeah. and Malcolm yep. X yep. had this argument. Yep. And they were effective together. Like, one of the things, because I've heard them talk about this, like, Malcolm was more, like, Martin was more effective if there's, like, look, you can either talk to me or in two weeks when the other guy shows up, you go, well, you know, it's one or the other. We can either talk peacefully now or the non, or he can show up and maybe it's nonviolent. Maybe it won't be. <laughs> so, oh, well, I guess we should talk to this guy. He, you know, um, and there is a tension there. And, yeah, part of me thinks like if if we're protesting shootings, then uh like what we saw when there were, I, I think back to Ferguson, right? When you saw this militarized army response, like full on almost like a invasion of Ferguson by by the military. And part of me just looked at that and went, if if they had had guns of their own. I don't think the government would dare to respond that way. And that is a hell of a dice roll. And I know what that risk entails. And I cannot advise anybody to go out and do that. But that is what I honestly think. I think that, as you mentioned before, those two types of protests were effective together. And I'm, I'm not saying that we, we should have armed protests either. But I do believe that the response would be a bit more interesting 
if there were clear firearms involved. All right. All right. Okay. So uh, I'm going to. Okay. So this is another thing that grinds my gears, right? So tear gas is outlawed by the Geneva Convention. You cannot use it for war. It's a chemical weapon. But for reasons, we just kind of allow it to be used on civilians. Um, that's that's really gross. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of problematic. Yeah. Um, and so, so I say, so if you're okay, so um, I'm a big proponent of game theory, right? So. If you have, say, so if uh, somebody responds with a move, so if you're playing a game and somebody come, has a trump card, or a uh, trump card, um, <laughs> say, uh, yeah, has a, say, so has a, like, has a strategy or, uh, or a move that you can't, inter like, that you can't interact with, um, the only thing that you can do is to be more aggressive. And so, oh, if you're going to use chemical weapons on us, um, what do we? Do? What's the follow-up response? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, we 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 get into some pretty like. To we be, get sorry, into some extreme said, territory to be, very sorry, fast. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Um, the answer, the police are wrong here. The police yeah. absolutely oh, yeah. should not do yep. that. That yep. is yeah. the answer is yep. the police just say, Oh, um, we're just not going to use this. Um, that I say, so, um, and, and, and say, and until they agree that, Hey, we're just going to stop using tear gas and unarmed civilians. Maybe the answer is, well, the next time you use tear gas, um, we're going to do this. I don't know what this is, but you know, yeah. some, something equally uh, grotesque and um, threatening. I, I, I mean, when proponents of gun ownership, one of the things they argue is that owning guns gives us the right the ability to resist tyrannical treatment by the government. And they're not actually wrong. The fact that they take guns to their protests is what prevents them, I think, from being bullied. And they know it. They know it. Now, that logic takes you to some other places that I don't agree with on the gun ownership people. But, like, that basic argument, which is, yes, uh, we bring our AR-15s and we bring our vest and we bring our armor-piercing bullets uh, and that insulates us from certain behavior. Okay, but that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. The, the, you do not, you say, you, that's, um, that's appeasement. That's, that's, what the, that's what Europe did to Hitler. I mean, like, oh, well, we have guns and we're going to fight right. you. Like, but I don't want to fight you. So that, that's a lose situation from the government. That is a failure of government to govern. Yes, but the government is not going to stop being tyrannical in its treatment of black people. 
So the question is, what exact? I mean, unless we can think of a solution to that, the question then is, what should black and brown people do in response to continued tyranny? And at some point, with like with what you mentioned, there's an escalation. And at some point, I think you will see a return back to the theory that basically existed before civil rights, which was like, there was this divide among people who thought, yes, you should uh, try to negotiate peacefully and people who thought, no, you should not. And we have gotten away from that divide because of the post-civil rights era, there have been significant, there have been improvements and we have gotten away from that divide. I don't think we'll stay away from it forever. I think you will see a return of some degree of militancy among people who believe, yeah, we should militantly protest these things. Could I jump in really quickly? I just okay. kind of want to, because our conversation, our conversation got really high with the bird's eye view. Yeah, I wanna, sorry. <laughs> I want to go back to the, um, the protests uh, that Alex was talking about. Um, I, I really want to ask a question. Do you guys think that, that is, let's start with Michigan. Do you think the protests were effective? Did they get what they wanted? No, they haven't. Um, Michigan still hasn't like re say reopened. Um, the the per the uh, female, I don't remember what her position is uh, exactly that they were um, protesting because it wasn't the governor in uh, unlike in other states. I thought it was Whitner. Hmm? Maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was Governor Whitner. It, Am I uh, wrong? Um say it's their female health secretary and i can't think of what her name is right now but they wanted her to resign because she had put in these uh this like this shelter in place order or she had campaigned for the shelter in place order and weren't they doing protests at their house at our house i believe there was a protest at our house uh the the governor you're mentioning sorry to interrupt Yes, but say, but she hasn't like she hasn't resigned. She's still there. Um, she's still acting. Uh, Michigan is not opening up any faster than the rest of the most of the rest of the nation. Well, the reason why I bring that up is because what it really comes down to is effective tactics to yeah. protest your government to get them to lean your way outside of election season right, outside of an election. If uh, it's not a statement of whether or not I agree or disagree, it's whether or not is, it's making the intended impact and if people are getting what they expect to get out of that exchange. That's the part I think is missing from this discussion. If people think it's an effective statement to organize people all over the country to protest governors who decide to have lockdowns as opposed to those who don't. Um, then people will will do it, if, especially if they think that they can change those people's minds. Um, and the issue with guns adds, um, if you, it adds to the imagery, right? It says it makes a statement not just to the police, but to people who would counter protest, as if to say we're people that you shouldn't mess with. <laughs> that you, you know, we we mean business. You're right, um, and people who should be in jail. Yes, I agree with you. <laughs> Thank you. I think it's because they brought guns to our house. They say, um, 
you you so in a civil society you um fight against fascist and authoritarian tactics and that includes things like you know domestic terrorism and threatening politicians lives with um let's say and let's say and uh threatening police keepers lives with um firearms that's a crime yeah well you know i don't know if they actually threatened but juxtaposing that to the black protests now but that's, that's um, what i'm saying like if they're ha like <sighs> the police are shooting unarmed black ready yes before fear of a weapon imagine if they have a weapon so should that mean in fact that people black people or people of color should not take their weapons the way that white protesters have in order to make the same impact or to show that we're people to not be messed with and we mean what we say personally i think that would be a recipe for another waco i'm going to suggest that we should that um the black community should not um should show that they are better um and not fascist and authoritarian that they are in fact not domestic terrorists and um maybe they should just instead they should um campaign for those people should be in jail like l why don't we start a campaign to unmask those people and be like hey um employer are you aware that you that this person does this thing and maybe they should not have a job anymore but black people have never i won't i won't say never black people the the gains for civil rights among black people haven't been won uh solely peacefully i mean that's that's just like a Accurate. historical fact right yeah like so i mean that's we we, we all right that, we remember the civil rights era as a because we remember it as primarily a thing that dr king did we remember the the more peaceful aspects of it but uh the militancy and 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 other stuff was i mean it was high i mean again it was the panthers uh like violence violence or the threat of violence as a political tool is actually a hallmark of american uh government and it always has been i, I mean to, you, like you can't separate the threat of violence from political gain in this country and that is like a really crazy thing to say and it might sound crazy to people who hear it but when you go back and and look at the gains that were made um the threat of violence was always there from the people fighting for it but i, I would argue that that is a fundamental failure of the state i would I'm, agree that i agree that it is let's say i am a student of mahatma gandhi yeah <laughs> yeah but I, I yes so i i agree with you that it is a failure of the state i think this is a failure of american democracy as a whole that rights have often had to be won with the imminent threat of violence in the background but that is the country we have okay um, but i say under that paradigm race war is in fact inevitable 
Maybe, maybe not. That's been an argument for a long time, especially during the civil rights movement and post-civil rights, well, post-MLK, when people were starting to be outwardly more militant. Uh, we thought that there was going to be, we thought, or I shouldn't say we, but there were some people who thought that if uh, African-Americans did take up arms, it would, it would, uh, draw the other side to take up arms and then a race war would ensue but is it fair to put that burden on people who are pro who want to protest for what they want as well um and what and i'm not arguing whether it's right or wrong i'm just talking about the 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 tool of protesting that that people have employed to get the attention of their government but like but that's that's what i'm saying right like if you abide fascist and and um terrorist actions um like what was like what happened in michigan um that is the like that is the inevitable conclusion okay so you're just saying that nobody should have any guns at all and you so what would have been the appropriate response to those people protesting in michigan from the state in your opinion on it let's say um arrest them <laughs> plain and simple so if you go to arrest them and they start uh locking and loading then what do you do you return fire like you do for any other situation but see the government won't do that then they're a f then they shouldn't be involved in the government uh you are a fa say you are a failed state if you say if so if you say if you allow terrorism to take place, you are a failed yeah. state. Congratulations. Uh, there's a lot I more would actually, within that, though. I, I I would. You say, they say you legitimize terrorism as a form of political action. But the it, moment it the always moment, has been, and I think this is what is so, like you mentioned India, and so Gandhi was the end of the road for for Indian independence. But there were violent uprisings against British rule. That was the beginning of the road. Gandhi right. finished the job, but only because other people had used violence as a tool. And those people were terrorists to the British. And India was a f and say and British occupied India. I have Indian friends, so I have to be very careful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was a failed state. <laughs> right, but even in that case, and again, this is all very high level stuff. I mean. And I, I'm not surprised we've 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 gone here, but um, because what you were describing is say is no joke modern Afghanistan. Right. Note that modern Afghanistan is in peace negotiations with the Taliban. Correct. The campaign when people campaign for rights from a government that is clearly unwilling to extend them by any other methods the threat of violence is a tool in the toolkit and that is again that is a dark terrible thing to say i acknowledge all the implications that it has for what it says about our government but that is the historical reality that uh oppressed people have faced for thousands of years that when the government will not give you something by any other means uh you have to show them that you are willing to stand for it and fight for it and maybe then they will come to the table and you can get it by a different way. But um, 
that I, is not, I think if if you come to the table empty-handed, you're going to leave empty-handed. That's that my is, opinion. That is not the recipe for a state like for a stable state. Uh I think that's true. And I <laughs> I I, I, but, I want to live in a stable state, sir. But as do I, but I would also argue that for much of America's history, we haven't been a democracy or particularly stable. Also fair. <laughs> so I I've had a lot of thoughts as we've had this discussion, but I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to keep them uh, a bit, a bit can, a bit condensed because uh, th there's a, th this topic means a lot. There, there's a lot obviously happening here. Um, and I think that on a, on a general level, Alex, we all agree with you. I, it, it is effectively, it, it should be um, frowned upon everything that's happened so far and a lot of the actions that have been taken by very similar groups of people, um, even if they may not have necessarily had guns, uh, have, should be, you know, the threat of violence shouldn't be something we need to resort to. Um, I think there is also credence in, in Anthony's assessment that that has been a core part of changing America since our founding. I mean, that, that's, that's effectively been how most governments have changed radically whenever they have. Uh, there has been either some violence or some threat of violence involved. And my direct issue with the events in Michigan is exactly how far they went. I don't necessarily have a problem with you protesting the the shutdown i may i may disagree with it sure but like it is within your right as an american citizen to let your you know government local or otherwise know that you may not be happy with what they're doing i think that waving confederate flags and threatening people's lives and all these other things involved are not okay and i think that the one of the main problems that I have is the fact that I don't feel that we as a nation would be ready for what happens if a black protest went the same way. If we have a black protest where people are waving the African flag and threatening people and running around with, with AR-15s, AK-47s, they would all die. That's what I think. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's a good thing. I'm not happy about that. I think that that's what would happen. And it would get played off in the media that they were attacking people because that's normally what happens when someone who is unarmed gets shot by the police and they say, oh, there was a threat that I was being attacked or going to be, and that's why I shot him 15 times. So my big issue with this entire process is that it's, it's not equitable. If, as, as, as any example, if we were to mobilize with arms and do even anything remotely similar, it would, it would be the end of that group of people, regardless of what they were doing, regardless of whether, like anyone who may not have had guns would still get shot. Like there's, there's no way in my mind that 
we can have a protest that looks the same. And that's the core of my issue, is that we, we can't have a similar protest because America's not ready for that. And I think that that's stupid because the only reason we're, I, I think the only way we're really going to make headway with race relations and inequality here in America is if we start, I don't want to say getting serious because obviously all the protests are serious, but if we start to take more drastic measures. And I don't know if back in the day I would have been a Panther or I would have been with King, but there is credence to both sides. And like many of the things that we talked about, there, there's no easy answer here. There, there's not like a, they should have done this or we could have done that because we see that all the time. Relating this back to some of the things that we, we've seen very recently uh, about especially police deaths or in some cases ex-police deaths. They say he should have done that. They shouldn't have ran. He should have listened. Well, the problem is in some cases they do and still die. So then what? What do we do if, if what we're doing is what you're telling us we should do and we're still punished sometimes by death, what is the next option? Like Anthony said, what, what do we do other than be more radical in what we do? And I feel like that's not an option because being more radical means leading to more death, at least in my opinion. So I... Uh, there's so much I want to say. I mean, and I, I, uh, Go ahead. Uh, again, I, I don't think you're wrong about that. But um, I do think, so I think about not only the civil rights movement, but I think about the women's suffrage movement. During the women's suffrage movement, when they went to Washington, like some of the women were attacked, like physically attacked. Um, similar to how when they were marching in Selma, they were physically attacked. And those moments led in part to the public outcry that drove the results. It, it, it was the government's heavy-handed violence that in part led to winning the fight. Because there are, there are those people who will see those protesters and always feel as if they deserve whatever they get. And they're going to feel that whether you have guns or not. They're going to feel like you deserved it. it. It doesn't matter to them. They think you deserve it just by showing up and protesting the state. They think you deserve whatever the state gives you. The people who were won over were the people who were sitting the fence when they saw government violence being directed in quite such an overt way those were the people who all of a sudden said, well, wait a minute. We, we, we didn't, we don't support that. We, those people, when they saw the images of black protesters being like stopped out marching across the bridge, the government lost the game at that point. And it was similar. And like people saw that as the government going too far and that led to victory. And that is always that is the physical part here is that yes if black protesters showed up with guns there's a strong likelihood that there would be violence there's also the possibility that that violence would lead to victory that's the sick game that's that's the sick part of all this so you're, so you're saying we have to be attacked in order to not be attacked later 
I'm saying that there are prominent, I'm saying that there are historical examples of, in this country of that being what actually happened. I, I mean, the violence directed at black people in during the civil rights movement, just the horrific levels of violence by the state and by people supporting the state, the, the bombings, the lynchings, the police brutality, that, yeah, the violence from the state was part of what, what, mo what moved people. It was the extreme violence. And we're, again, we are uncomfortable in this country acknowledging like, yeah, some people had to literally give it all for everybody else to win something. And I know because no, I don't want it to be me or you, Josh, or anyone here. I don't want any of us to suffer. I don't want any of our friends or family to suffer. I don't want, like, that's the tension. Nobody wants to personally be the one who lays it on the line. But the reality is that somebody had to lay it on the line. He's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, that's the ugly part of this. Yeah. I mean, even, even peaceful protests, like the ones you've mentioned, Alex, peaceful protests work in part because the government, if the government responds violently, that's the signal that people need. They're like, okay, it's time to change. Well, and, say, and well, that's, then that's, I agree. And like, that's my argument, right? Right. But, well, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are correct that like peaceful protests are meant to generate this heavy-handed response that then shows people the right way, that what, what has failed needs to change. But first, you really got to show the failure. And in this country, you know... But I would, I would, I would argue that the, the, the lack of response in Michigan is the failure. <laughs> uh, you have... You, the reason that you don't negotiate with terrorists is because you legitimize them. You tell right. people, you tell every other faction that doing similar actions will get them as will, will reward them as a means of getting what they want. Michigan did that; they failed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the "don't negotiate with terrorists" thing is like Ronald Reagan negotiated with terrorists. It took some people hostage, and then they negotiated with them. And he was a fool. Bad news. Yeah, but you were trying to save people. <laughs> everyone, say... says, everyone says don't negotiate with terrorists until they're holding an embassy hostage. And all of a sudden, you're like, okay, well, shit. <laughs> I, I'm saying even that rule doesn't that, – that rule does not apply to how the federal government actually behaves like – because they're bad at game theory. Yes, I'm aware. But, but, I could write a book. People have. Right. Right. But I'm saying the I mean, I don't think you're wrong about the theory of it. I think uh, the way it plays out in reality, it doesn't turn out that way. Governments Anthony, negotiate with terrorists all to, the time. Anthony, just give it to him. Just give it yeah, to him. Yeah, I, I think I think that's gonna that's gonna be one of the first times in the show we're gonna have to agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> This seems, think, that seems true. Because in, in, in most of these other cases, whenever a point's made, one of us tends to, like, either provide a counterpoint that changes an opinion 
or we just agreed. But like that's, I I mean I got some stuff to say about that, but that that can be that can be for another day. But like I I think that I ultimately I want to I want to go ahead and kind of bring this back to the initial point here. Like the, these events are are not in a vacuum. They're they're all related and correlated in a lot of different ways. And the part that I would want people to know about this is that none of it, none of it is okay. That we, we, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, and I, when I'm saying we here, I mean, we as a nation, but especially we as a black community should not have to worry about getting pulled over by people and getting shot because they thought you robbed somebody. Like, I, I think that we need to do better at actually using the systems we have in place and doing so in a way that doesn't lead to violence or death or the threat of it. Because I think that, like, regular protests, well, I, I, effectively, they should be regular. Peaceful protests, nonviolent protests should be the norm. We, we should not have to worry about the threat of violence. We shouldn't have to worry about guns. And most importantly, we shouldn't have to worry about the difference between how the police is going to respond to them. And so I say all that to say that this whole conversation was to effectively state that we need to do better as a nation. We, we need to care more about our people in a way that will not let us succumb to these we, we we this should not be the the route that we come to there, there should be a way to have a conversation about these kinds of things without it leading to violence without people having to die and most importantly we should be able to be safe in our own homes and neighborhoods whether you're black brown or not like it it, it should not ever escalate to the point that it has and it has so frequently, especially recently, that that only serves to highlight how much more we still have to grow as a nation. And I would like us to begin that growth. It's not all going to be nice. It's not going to be easy. There will be growing pains. I'm not saying that it's not going to. It's not going to be hard. But it, it, it's something that we can no longer ignore because if we continue to, shit, we may have a race war on our hands. So, thank you all for having this discussion with me. And I, I, it kind of went off the rails just a little bit, but it, th there's a lot to say here. And this, all these things strike so many different people in so many different ways. And I mean, this was only however long we discussed it. There's still so much to unpack. So thank you guys for being with me. And thank you at home for listening, as you always do. I, I definitely appreciate all the people um, who listen to these, especially regularly and, and share your thoughts with us on all of our, uh, pages. So speaking of those, this podcast was brought to you in part by LEI Productions, a studio for podcasters and musicians. And as you know, Pointcast News, to, any, to listen to this, or, or well, obviously you're listening to it now, but to, any, to listen to any of our other podcasts, uh, please go visit our website at pointcast.news or check us out on Apple Podcasts. Also be sure to like us on our Facebook page uh, and follow us to see you know any of the new articles or anything else that we're conversing about there. Uh, and of course, like I said before, thank you for listening. Um, again, that's, that's going to be it from us here at Pointcast. Gail, take us home.